No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where Jetha defeats the Ammonites and carries out his tragic vow to the Lord regarding his daughter. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Judges chapter 11 on Simply the Bible. Jetha was a most unusual judge of Israel, born the son of a harlot. Driven from his home by his half-brothers, he became the ringleader of a band of raiders. But he was a mighty man of valor, and the very people who had driven him away reached out to him to be their leader against their enemy, the Ammonites. We continue in Judges chapter 11, verse 29. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And from Mizpah of Gilead, he advanced toward the people of Ammon. Once again, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a man to go to war. After a time of backsliding, Israel had now repented, put away her idols, and was devoting herself to serving the Lord. Now God was coming down to help her against her enemy, the Ammonites. The result was that Jephthah and the children of Israel advanced against the people of Ammon. Likewise, in times of spiritual decline, the church loses ground to Satan and the world. But in times of spiritual revival, the church advances against the enemy and advances the kingdom of God in the hearts and lives of people. Now, wouldn't you agree that our nation is in desperate need of spiritual revival? Verse 30, And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the people of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. Now this is the most troubling event of Jephthah's life. Not only is it troubling in why Jephthah did it, why he made this vow, but also in how commentators cannot agree on what it was exactly that Jephthah did. Jephthah made a vow to the Lord, but why? It was clear that God was with him or else he never would have gotten this far to begin with. He was the appointed leader of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord had come upon him. Perhaps his vow was motivated by fear. What if I don't succeed in going against the Ammonites? Who knows? Jephthah thought that by making a vow that he could ensure his military victory. Now, what vow was it that he made? The text seems clear. If he defeated the Ammonites, then when he returned, whatever came out of the door of his house would belong to the Lord and he would offer it up as a burnt offering. If a lamb or a goat had come in running out of his house, then there would be no argument about Jephthah's vow. The problem comes when we discover later on that it was his daughter who ran out of the house to greet him. The universal problem illustrated in this story is that people have difficulty accepting God's grace. We know ourselves too well. We know that we aren't deserving of salvation. We feel that we must sacrifice something to appease God, to be worthy of his favor. 
This is the heart of all religion. It was the motivator behind the pagan religions with which Jephthah was familiar. But the same spirit even creeps into Christianity today. We make bargains with God. If you will do this, then I will do that. We seek to obligate God by our dedication to him so that he will give us what we want. We think by offering a sacrifice of some kind, we will avoid suffering. The Pharisees were masters of religion. They knew all about sacrifices and fasting and tithing. They earned their righteousness by what they did or didn't do, or so they thought. But they found fault with Jesus for eating with tax collectors and sinners. Therefore, Jesus said to them, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Do we really know what this means? I desire mercy and not sacrifice. The truth was that Jephthah didn't need to make any vow. God would have given him victory over the Ammonites because God chose Jephthah just for this purpose. Was it because Jephthah was righteous? No. Was it because Jephthah deserved to be the chosen deliverer? Not at all. It was purely by God's grace. It was because God delights in giving mercy. Nothing more needed to be added to that. If only Jephthah would have believed that and brought the sacrifice of thanksgiving, then both Jephthah and his daughter would have been much happier. And there would have been no controversy among Bible commentators today over what Jephthah did to fulfill his vow. Oh, that we could all accept God's grace with humble hearts of gratitude. So Jephthah advanced toward the people of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he defeated them from Aurora as far as Mineth, 20 cities, and to Abel, Karamim, with a very great slaughter. Thus the people of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. There is no surprise here, for this was why the Lord raised up Jephthah for such a time as this, to deliver the Ammonites into his hand. When Jephthah came to his house at Mizpah, there was his daughter coming out to meet him with timbrels and dancing, and she was his only child. Besides her, he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass that when he saw her, that he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low. You are among those who trouble me, for I have given my word to the Lord and I cannot go back on it. No matter how this vow is interpreted, there was nothing more tragic than for Jephthah to be greeted by his only daughter when he came home from battle. As she waited, worried, and watched for her daddy to come home, how delighted she must have been to see him coming. She ran out to greet him with timbrels and dancing, not knowing what tragedy awaited her. Rather than her daddy embracing her, he tore his clothes, the universal sign of mourning. Jephthah had given his word, and we cannot fault him for wanting to keep it. The scripture admonishes us to keep our vows. Unfortunately, we live in a culture where people easily go back on their word. Commitments don't mean much these days. But Jephthah was a man of his word, and that is an admirable quality and one that we should all seek to imitate. But we wonder if Jephthah, 
realized at this point how rash and how foolish his vow was. Why should his innocent daughter suffer because of his vow? Proverbs 20, 25 says, Don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. Ecclesiastes 5, 2 says, Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. How easy it is to make a promise than later to regret it. It is better not to make a vow than to make and break it. So she said to him, My father, if you have given your word to the Lord, do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth, because the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the people of Ammon. Then she said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone for two months that I may go and wander on the mountains and bewail my virginity, my friends and I. Jephthah had passed on to his daughter the value of a person's word and his faith in the Lord. She wanted her father to keep his word to the Lord. Incidentally, children want their parents to do right and to be people of integrity. Nothing hurts a child more than to see his or her parent fail in integrity. Jephthah's daughter was completely obedient in the face of personal sacrifice. She only asked for two months to go up into the mountains with her friends to bewail her virginity, for she would never marry. At the very least, Jephthah's rash vow would deny his daughter of having children and him of having grandchildren. So he said, go. And he sent her away for two months, and she went with her friends and bewailed her virginity on the mountains. And it was so that at the end of two months that she returned to her father, and he carried out his vow with her which he had vowed. She knew no man. And it became a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went four days each year to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. Now the controversy hinges on how to interpret he carried out his vow with her. Some think that he sacrificed his daughter as a burnt offering, and the plain text would seem to indicate that. On the other hand, other commentators say that he offered her to the Lord as a perpetual virgin to be dedicated to him for as long as she lived. I have examined both arguments, and I simply don't know which is correct. Jephthah would have likely known that the Lord condemned child sacrifice in the law, but Jephthah was also a product of his culture, where everyone was doing what was right in his own eyes. Certainly, child sacrifice was involved in the religious rites of the surrounding nations, but if Jephthah intended to offer a burnt offering, then why didn't he offer a substitute, a lamb or goat, for example? Clearly, the law allowed for that. There are just too many unanswered questions about this tragic story. Regardless of our interpretation, it is a tragic ending to what could have been a great victory of celebration. It shows how religion can spoil the joy of life. Whether it is a deceived soul, thinking that if he blows himself up and takes others out with him, he is going to heaven, 
or whether it is someone knocking on doors thinking that he must pay Christ back with his good works, or whether it is feeling that we aren't good enough for God to show us his mercy. So we must add some sacrifice to the equation. All such works of religion rob God of his grace and rob us of our joy. May we all learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Instead, may we offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving for God's mercy and grace. And if we offer any other sacrifice, may it be freely given as an expression of our sincere love and never as an attempt to cut a deal with God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll look at the end of Jephthah's life and three more judges of Israel. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Judges on Simply the Bible.